Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Biggie in the Speak Your Peace podcast. Uh, I'm by myself. Uh, I decided to record by myself again. I don't know why. I'm just doing it. Just feel like I should. Uh, currently recording this uh, about 11:30 Sunday night. Uh, probably will post it later tonight before I go to bed. Um, also, you got to watch the video po- portion. I'll post the video portion in the morning. Same thing with the last podcast, which was all baseball. In case you haven't listened, so I recommend listening to it. Uh, I just talked to baseball. I talked about baseball for my with myself for forty five minutes, an hour. Uh, it's good content. It's fun. I like baseball. I'm knowledgeable. I know what's going on. Uh, nobody else does. So listen to me. Uh, so today we're going to be discussing uh, the NHL return, how that's going so far. The NBA return. Uh, I got some new glasses in case anybody cares. Uh, Ray Bans. Uh, they should sponsor this podcast, but. Uh, this pod- podcast, um, this podcast really is uh, sponsored by the uh, New York Rangers. Towel time. Um, I picked the Rangers to beat the Hurricanes in their series, and uh, they're down one nothing. But I mean, it's fine. You know, still four games left to go. Um, so let let's discuss hockey first so it's sunday night everybody has played a game except uh pit uh, no tampa washington uh dallas and vegas those are the only four teams who haven't played so far everybody else has played at least one game this isn't including the exhibition that was held earlier in the week this is all either round robin or playoffs so lots to discuss lots to get into um, I think the biggest win, I think the team with the biggest win this weekend was the Chicago Blackhawks. You could make arguments, fair arguments for Montreal, uh, for Columbus, for Minnesota. Uh, I think Chicago had the b- best win of the weekend. Mo- most substantial win of any team this weekend. I think went to the Blackhawks just beating the Oilers on their home ice. Um, and just looking dominant. Like the Oilers just did not look that good. Um, Chicago just played well. They played smart. Uh, they looked, you know, really good. Dominic Kuliak, Kuliak, I think, had like five points. He, he looked really good. He looked really solid. Um, you know, Corey Crawford played pretty well. I think, actually, with, I think the final score was 6-4. Can't I, I can't remember the exact score, but it was 6-2 for a long – like, it, it was just 4-1 after the first, 6-2 for a while, and – it really should. I I think it was almost seven two. I think at one point uh, before Patrick Kane went offside and they reviewed it and called it back. I I just think Chicago had the best win. Um, you granted again, you can make the argument for Montreal considering Montreal uh, wasn't as favored in their series compared to Chicago. People are really riding the Chicago bandwagon right now. Um, you know, the, the Blackhawks, here's the thing. The, the Blackhawks are not the team that they used to be, obviously. They're kind of in the middle, middle of a rebuild. Um, now, there's a little bit of curiosity about Corey Crawford because he was unfit to play at one point, and he looked good. And the, the Oilers just did not look good. I was calling for Mike Smith to start this series. I thought he would be the best fit for Edmonton. Uh, this is because I thought he's the better goalie. He looked really good with Calgary last year when they were in the playoffs. He was not the reason Calgary lost to Colorado in the first round last year. Um, and he's the veteran. I think he gave the veteran the opportunity. And he did not look good. He, he I, I, As much as I love Mike Smith, I have to be honest, he did not look good in the first game. Uh, he, you know, it, it, it was just tough because obviously – Smith did not have a good first period. It kind of rubbed off on the rest of the Oilers. And it was, it was, it was strange because McDavid gets the opening goal. McDavid scores first. Things are looking Edmonton's way. And then Chicago just comes out of nowhere and gets four by the end of the first. I, I, don't, I don't know why Mike Smith was the goalie after the first. I Thought they would have gone with Koskinen. I thought that would have been a move. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to place the blame a bit on Dave Tippett. 
I, I like Tippett. I liked him since he was with Phoenix and since Mike Smith was, you know, the goalie for the Coyotes. But I thought Tippett was almost outcoached to a certain extent. And not even – it wasn't even his fault necessarily. It was just they were play, the Oilers were playing um, so over-aggressive. Um, like, puck-watching. Um, I can't remember which goal it was, but one of them – I think it was just with Crawford or um, Smith just watching the puck the entire way as it goes around the net. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I just think the, the Blackhawks got the best win. I don't know if they'll get another one. Um, but the nice thing here, the, thing, the overall, I think, the overall takeaway so far through the first two days, is it's nice because there isn't a lot of parity. There is no, like with hockey, there's so much parity because of the travel, um, going from city to city, playing so many games in so many days. You know, we haven't had that for four months or however long it's been. We, we haven't had, you know, players haven't had to deal with all the travel, all the playing of games, this, that, whatever. And this is really an opportunity. I have the Leafs uh, jackets going on in the background, too. I'll talk about that later on. The, the the NHL playoffs are wonderful because of the fact that right now we are getting to see teams. How do I say it? Like this is this is the real ver- this is the authentic version of what you get. This is the real deal. There's no parody. There's no traveling. There's no. I mean, coming up here we'll have back to back games, but. You know, you, you, this is the real deal. This is the authentic, like, it, if your team doesn't have it now, your team won't have it. Um, that was a, a little bit worry, worrisome if I, you know, if I was an Oilers fan. That was a little bit troubling to watch uh, from their perspective because of the fact that Edmonton should not be losing 6-2 to the Blackhawks or 6 four. They should not be giving up six goals to the Blackhawks. Like, I know their defense isn't that great. I know their goaltending isn't that great. They shouldn't be giving up six goals to the Blackhawks. Um, I, I, it it like, kind of blows my mind. But that's okay. There's still another game. Uh, Montreal had a really good game that, uh, on Saturday night against Pittsburgh. Shout out Carey Price. He was the real deal. Um, I mean, Jeff Petrie with that absolute snipe. I'm going to call it a snipe because, you know, there's not many times you get to put the, the, the word snipe and Jeff Petrie in the same sentence. Um, Matt Murray looked a little off. The, the Penguins look like they played to the Montreal to the Canadians level competition, if that makes sense. Like, I think there's more to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh can play better. And maybe they are just, you know, needing to, you know, get their skates going, get their feet moving, you know, kind of dipping their toes in the water a little bit. Maybe the Pens just need a few more games to get back to normal. I think Chicago has a better chance of beating Edmonton in their series. And I, I said Pittsburgh would win in four. I said Montreal would win a game. Uh, they might win another one. I wouldn't be surprised. But Pittsburgh definitely, I think, played to the level of the competition that Montreal is. And and really, I was stunned by the fact that the Habs started Domi on the fourth line. I love Max Domi. I think Mac Domi, Max Domi is great. And I get that he is going through, you know, some concerns being in the bubble and he's more vulnerable because he has, uh, I believe, ta- type 1 diabetes. I could be wrong. could be type 2. Anyways, he has diabetes, so they were worried about him getting to the bubble. But I thought Domi should have been playing up. I don't know why Domi was on the fourth line. That didn't make any sense to me. Um, but still, Montreal found a way. They won the game, and they're up one nothing on the, on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And also, I think, fun fact, that was the highest-rated game in the U.S. because it was on primetime on NBC. Highest-rated game in the U.S. Uh, was Saturday night's Montreal-Pittsburgh um, game. And so the Habs won. They probably had – I don't think they had the biggest win of the weekend, but definitely one of the more significant ones. Um, they they I, I shouldn't say that they shouldn't have won that game, but – 
Pitt, again, Pittsburgh made it a lot closer than it needed to be, and Carey Price made it much closer than it you know, really should have. Um, so shout out Carey Price from Anaheim Lake, BC boy, uh, former Tri-City American. I remember watching him and Leland, Ir- Leland Irving battle in, in Everett. Um, so shout out Carey Price. I hope he continues you know, his journey and can get to a cup, but we'll see. It's not going to be this year, but hopefully Price still gets a, a, an opportunity for a cup before he retires. Um, other big wins, so you, you have other, other big wins on Saturday. Well, the Hurricanes beat the Rangers. Um, that, I think, was kind of what we expected with that series. In game one, King Hendrick got the start. Shout out Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, really love him. I hope he can get a cup before he retires. I, I, I thought Lundqvist played well. Not great, but he played well. Um, the Hurricanes were kind of what you expected. Good defensive team. Had their opportunities to score. And kind of the same with the Rangers. Not as many opportunities, but still enough, you know, that they probably could have, you know, won that game, had a few more bounces gone their way. Panarin looked good. Uh, again, Lundqvist looked good. Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox, I thought, you know, had a – few moments but for the most part they were all right and i the rain that game, that series should go to five games i think the rangers will probably win at least one maybe two games it, it's really close i think brendan moore is a better coach than david quinn is uh the rangers just they 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 don't have any quit and i gotta give respect to the rangers they don't give up they play to you know for a full 60 minutes and they're fun to watch. So kudos to the Rangers, but also kudos to the Hurricanes uh, for getting the win. You know, getting vast, getting the edge on the Rangers. So that should be a really that's a really good game too. I, I'm excited for that game too. Um, Florida and the Islanders. So probably the most boring series. The Islanders just did their thing. They played their scheme of you know trap hockey. Um, didn't really give the Panthers a whole lot of opportunities to score. And I think the Islanders won 2-1 was the final. I, I, I'll have to check, but I think it was 2-1 was the final score. And, you know, the Islanders just did their thing, and that's how they're going to play. And there's a good chance. There's a good chance. Don't, blame, don't, don't criticize me. Don't chastise me when I say this. There's a good chance the Islanders go to the finals. And I know that's a bold take to say after one uh, Stanley Cup qualifier. But here's the thing. The Islanders play really good system hockey. They have really good defense. They have good goaltending. And they have enough scores that it can work. Uh, th- this, this, their coaching is really good as well. This is a really good coaching series between Joel Quinville of the Panthers, Barry Trotz of the Islanders, really good coaching series. The Islanders, I know this is bold to say after one game, but the Islanders can make the finals. And am I saying this because I picked the Islanders at the beginning of the year to win the cup? Maybe. Maybe. And maybe I have to stick with that. But I think the Islanders are good enough to go win a cup. They should beat Florida. They should beat Florida. And Florida really should be playing much better. Bobrovsky was not the reason why they lost, although he probably could have been a little bit better, but it's really tough to blame him for two goals. Um, you know, Huberto and Barkov have to be better. Their defense, again, not great. Aaron Eckblad had a solid game, but the defense is not great. That The Florida Panthers really need to be playing better. Straight up. It's that simple. The Panthers need to be scored. Like, the Panthers, I don't want to say – the Panthers are kind of like a um, – Poor man's Toronto Maple Leafs to a certain extent where they have – they should have. Obviously, Bob is not playing that well this season, but they ha- have the solid goaltending. They have enough forwards to score goals. They have enough forwards scoring. The defense is okay. It's not great. It's got its pieces, but it's not one of the elite defenses in the league. But Florida should really be playing better. That's just straight up plain and simple. Um, but I, I still have the Islanders, I think, in four or five. Florida should take one game, but the Islanders are, for the most part, just going to pressure the pressure the Panthers, make them play, you know, New York's game, and the Islanders should come on top. I I think that's just how it's going to be. 
Uh, again, I, I like this series just because it, it's a very it's a very strategic series. It's a very strategic series in that the Islanders have their system. Barry Trotz, you know, has his team playing a certain way, but it's up to Joel Quinville and the Panthers to figure out how to break the system or how do you beat that system because there's always there's a way to beat it. There is a way to beat the Islanders. It's not easy. It's not easy playing against the trap, but there's a way to go up against it and there's a way to do it. So we'll see if the Islanders can hold on and if the Panthers can make a game, you know, go make a game or two go their way. Uh, also on Saturday, we saw – I talked about the Oilers, talked about the uh, – we saw the uh, Calgary Flames and Winnipeg Jets. So the Flames won 4-1. Um, that game, I think, was closer than the score says. It was a really close game. Um, Mark Shifley left the game. And Lionel left the game. Uh, Lionel left the game. I think he had a head injury. I could be completely wrong, but I think he had a head injury. Uh, and he left in the third period. But Shifley left in the first period because of a hit from Matthew Kachuk on Shifley. I don't know that you call it a hit necessarily. He caught him at the like Shifley sort of backhand the puck into the into the Calgary zone while he's facing the boards, backhands it in. And Kachuk comes up behind him and kind of taps him, kind of almost uses Shifley to slow down. But Kachuk's skate cuts Shifley in the back of the leg and Shifley goes down. He looks like he's in a ton of pain. He looks like he's done for a while. Um, and Shifley doesn't come back. Shifley does not return to game two and the Flames win 4-1. There was a lot of comments on – there were a lot of comments on that hit. Again, I don't know that you call it a hit. It was kind of a little bump at the end of a play, and I think Kachuk was kind of using him to slow down. Um, if you – there's a couple different angles on this, but there's the sort of end angle looking straight across. No, not – I shouldn't say – look from end to end. So it's kind of looking at the hit – um, sideways and you can't really tell a lot from that one that angle but there's another one where it's like facing behind where Shifley and Kachuk are and it looks like that one Kachuk's trying to slow down he's trying to stop and he kind of again uses Shifley uh, to stop but his skate kind of bounces he doesn't skate he doesn't skate he skates somewhat into him kind of off to the side but he doesn't stop right away. His feet are kind of bouncing, which is why I say he uses Shifley to stop himself, and it cuts Shifley. I don't think it's intentional. I don't think Kachuk did that intentionally. I don't think Kachuk's a good enough skater to do that intentionally, and I think if he wanted to intentionally hurt somebody, he would just go Sean Avery on somebody and just sucker punch him. Um, after that incident with Shifley, he did go and fight Blake Wheeler, so, you know, he's a man of his word. He, you know, you know, he shows up, he defend, you know, defends himself. For much respect to Matthew Kachuk, I don't have to tell people how much I love Matthew Kachuk. I think he's a god. Uh, I would do anything for him. Uh, he is always welcome on the podcast. I love Matthew Kachuk. I don't think he's going to get suspended. I think if he was, he would have already got suspended by now. I don't think it's a punishable hit. I think Paul Maurice, um, in what he said after the game, was actually reckless. and not true at all. Um, I think it was a mix of sour grapes after losing that game, especially after coming off. Because here's some context. You have to remember, Winnipeg came off a really good showing against the Canucks. From, from beginning to end, Winnipeg pretty well dominated Vancouver. And that, I think, kind of flowed into Saturday's game where probably Maurice and the Jets are like, hey, if we can beat the, you know, they probably thought, hey, if we can beat the Canucks, we can beat the Flames. Like, they should have, you know, they're probably thinking we should win that game. And kind of, and they might have also just thought because Calgary did not look good against Edmonton in the exhibition game. Calgary looked slow. Calgary looked, you know, behind the eight ball for most of it. And Winnipeg probably thought, hey, we just beat Vancouver pretty easily. That, you know, we can do that, you know, keep that up. And Calgary didn't look that good, so we should beat them. And they didn't. 
and I think Paul Maurice A had sour grapes with the Kachuk incident and just trying to get Kachuk out. He like he know because Matthew Kachuk was not on the score sheet. I I don't I, he didn't score and I don't think he had an assist on Saturday. He was just a physical playoff hockey type player that everybody loves playing with, hates playing against. That's what I love about Matthew Kachuk. That's the type of guy you add on your playoff rosters, Matthew Kachuk. You don't like you don't need a whole like with Toronto could use a guy like Kachuk. Toronto could use both Kachuks right now because they need that physical presence. I'll talk about that later on, but they need that physical presence. And Kachuk brought that. There's a lot of skill on, on Calgary. They have a lot of good skilled forwards. And Kachuk, as good and skilled as he is, he brings the physical presence that they need, that balances that, and can you know get under people's skin. And he did that terrifically on Saturday night against the Jets. Um, tremendously. So, and I, I should also mention, I haven't watched all the games and I haven't watched it from beginning to end. I've just watched the condensed games and seen the highlights. So, like, I've seen about 20, like, the condensed, you know, 20-minute highlight packages or whatever from each of these games. So, it's just from what I've seen and from what I'm reading and from what I'm, you know, reading through, watching other videos, Kachuk was really good. Kachuk is really good. And Kachuk is going to be a problem for Winnipeg the rest of the series. And Paul Maurice does not know how to handle that. He does not know how to go up against Matthew Kachuk. So he thought on Saturday night, eh, let's see if I could try and get this guy, you know, maybe suspended or fine because, you know, that's a completely dirty hit and could have ended his career, yada, yada, yada. Okay. All right. Fine. Sure. Okay. It looked really bad. Shaggy Police reaction definitely had a lot of people concerned. He had me concerned. So, okay. Go, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I like Kachuk. I don't think it was an intentional play. I don't think he meant to hurt Shifley. Um, again, I don't think he's that good of a skater that he can control that and mean to do that. I could be completely wrong. And I, I just think if he really wanted to, you know, intentionally hurt somebody or really cause damage, he would just sucker punch somebody and just get into a whole fight, which he did with Blake Re Wheeler. Not a sucker punch, but he still beat him up. So that was Saturday's game. Uh, yeah, Edmonton definitely had the worst loss of any team. Uh, again, you can make an argument for Pittsburgh, but they were much closer and much more competitive than Edmonton was. So I'd say the Edmonton game, you know, was not as good uh, from an again from a worst loss perspective. So yeah, that that was Saturday. So then today, uh, Nashville played Arizona. And Coyotes, I was really surprised with the Coyotes. I thought because of the Chikra stuff and all that was going on in that drama would rub off on Arizona a little bit. And it didn't really look like it. Like, Bill Kessel played really good. Bill Kessel, actually low-key, like, surprisingly good playoff performer. I, I don't know how or why I didn't know this before, but looking through his stats, like, I think he has, like, the fifth most playoff points of any American, I uh, all time no, something along those lines. Like he has a lot of playoff points, and he has a lot of like multi-point playoff games. That might be the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, getting multi-point playoff games. So Bill Kessel looked good. Christian Dvorak looked good. Darcy Kemper looked good. I was I was a bit hesitant on Kemper a little bit. He played good. He stopped Nashville. And I can't, what was the final? I think the final score was four three, and that Nashville came close. But man, the Preds—that's a team that like Florida and Toronto needs to be playing better. I don't know what's with the goaltending. I don't know why the forwards are having trouble scoring. Maybe Arizona is just a better team. I think they. I think Arizona's. I said before Arizona was going to win this series, and I still think they are. I love the Coyotes. They're wearing Kachina. Like, how can you hate that? Um, yeah, I got, the, I got the Coyotes winning it, and I just think the Coyotes are a better team. I just think they have better skill players. I, I, 
it's really tough for a, a team when your second, third highest, I think third highest point getter is Roman Yossi, a, a, your D-man. And Yossi, no offense to him, I don't think he's a, a – I don't want to offend him because I like Yossi. But I don't think he's a top D-man to build your decor around. That might be a hot take. I, I just think that he's a good he's a he's a really really good number two. Um, it's kind of like who's a good comp for Yossi? Paul? No, not Paul George. Paul George isn't the right comp. Um, kind of like a Paul George though, where a guy like you don't like he shouldn't be your number one option, but. He can be in sometimes if you need him to, but he's much better as the number two option. And I just don't know. I think Nashville can be much better. I think the forwards can do much better because I don't think – I mean, I like Chikrin. Jalmerson's all right. Kemper has had a good year, but I don't think he's as good as his stats show. I mean, you are what your stats are, I guess, but still. Um yeah, so uh, congrats, Arizona. You won a game. I I was wrong. I didn't, you know, the drama did not get to you. So, you know what? Arizona's vibing. Arizona is hot, baby. Arizona is hot. In fact, just to uh, show you how hot it is, let me show you um, the, the temperature in Glendale, Arizona, where the Coyotes play. Oh, yeah, here you go. So right now I'm I'm recording this at um yeah I'm recording this at 11:55 uh Sunday night yeah so here so it's 37 degrees Celsius right now which is 98 Fahrenheit 98 Fahrenheit in Glendale right now I don't know if you can see that that works it doesn't look that good anyways um a 111 it got to 112 can, you, can anybody see this? Is this actually working? 112 Fahrenheit? Yeah, okay, I, I don't think that worked. 112 degrees Fahrenheit with 18% humidity. Good God. Excessive heat warning now in effect until 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time Tuesday. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Arizona's hot. On and off the ice, Arizona is fucking hot. Um, speaking of fucking hot, Jacob Chikrin actually like pretty fucking hot. Uh, that dude, that dude fucks. Uh, not in Edmonton in the bubble because that's not allowed. Uh, actually, isn't allowed. No, no. The all these guys like must be abstinent for like a while, right? You don't have to think. Actually, this is a really good podcast conversation that I should you know ask more about. Because these guys have to be abstinent, right? Like, obviously, there are some who, you know, because they each have their own room, so they're definitely, you know, jerking it. Um, you do it post-game, right? Like, you would do a post-game. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe you do. It depends on what your game time is. Because, like, today, Nashville and Arizona played at, like, I guess that was noon Edmonton time but it's 11 Pacific. So I guess noon in Edmonton play a three hour game. Yeah. You wouldn't do it. At, like, I guess from the Nashville, Arizona perspective, if you're going to, you know, have your bait sesh, which is what I call it, your, your, your yak off. Um, yeah. You do that. So if you're in Nashville, Arizona, so you played at noon Edmonton time, your game finished around three. You play a three-hour game. By the time you, you know, get everything done in the arena, you're out of there at four. Then you go have some dinner. Then you – how long is dinner? Two hours? No, an hour? Hour and a half? Hour and a half for dinner. So 5.30, and then you go back to your room. And, yeah, so, okay, so maybe not at, directly after the game. But, I mean, after the game, you had after the game, right? Unless you're, well, you're Vancouver, Minnesota. You played at, like, seven o'clock, 8 o'clock, I think, Edmonton time. 
I mean, maybe some guys are doing it right now. It's 11.58 p.m. No, I mean, they might be having dinner. I doubt it. Anyways, so, um, yeah, I, I would think the hockey – going going back not to the very beginning, but, like, I, I think the hockey players are abstinent during all this um, COVID and uh, bubble hockey. So that's cool. Um, fun fact. Can – I, can somebody report on this actually I, I should go and report on it um Nashville played Arizona Boston played Philly uh yeah this is the game I'm least familiar with I just saw that Philly won I saw that the Flyers uh went back and forth with the Bruins for a little bit people were saying that you know the Bruins it shouldn't really you know this game isn't that big of a deal uh I think these round robin games are actually bigger deals than people make them out to be. I think they're much more serious just in terms of getting the right positioning for the playoffs in the right spot. Um, Cause obviously no one knows who they're playing in the next round yet, but I would rather have a like, cause here's the thing. If you're Boston and you finish a fourth seed, but you play Pittsburgh, who's the fifth seed. I mean, that's not ideal. You don't want to be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the playoffs, do you? You would much rather want to play Columbus? Maybe not Columbus, but who's the seventh seed in the East? Is that the Islanders? Yeah, you want to play the Islanders, wouldn't you? I would think if you're Boston, more than the Penguins. Like, even Columbus. Like, you would rather play, want to play the Islanders or Columbus more than Pittsburgh. So, these games do have some meaning. I mean, I don't know who's a, who's a six in the East. Fuck, I really should know all this, shouldn't I? Um, the other game I'm missing. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, these games have some meaning. Uh, kudos to Carter Hart. Given the youngest flyer to win a playoff game since uh, Pete Peters, I believe, back in 1971. That's how that's how uh, that's how young Carter Hart is. Cool dude. I've never met Carter. I met Dustin Wolf. Dustin Wolf's a cool dude. Very very uh, to himself. Very wolf like Dustin Wolf. Um, Carter Hart, kind of hot. Uh, tremendous talent. Absolute gem. Flyers got a stud in between the pipes in his show today. Uh, he made some really good saves today. So, but also I should say, Halak started today for, for Boston instead of Rask. Again, I think there were some Bruins fans who rather have Halak than Rask because apparently Rask is not clutch or something. Like, he's not good in the playoffs. I think that was the narrative, and I'm pretty sure that's incorrect because correct again correct me if i'm wrong but like if boston won the cup last year rask was going to be named the con smites wouldn't he have been like rask was the reason boston got to the finals last year anyways um so yeah yaroslav halak got the start didn't look that great and they're still waiting for rask to come back in the playoffs so yeah go flyers uh, rangers and flyers I am hated, I guess, in both New York and Philadelphia, but it's okay. Not a Yankees fan, not really a Phillies fan, uh, not really a big fan of either city. All three football teams in each city, I guess. Well, like the Giants, the Jets, the Eagles, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, good job for the Flyers. Shout out Cutter Hart. Good W for you. Um, yeah, and then. And then what happens next? The St. Louis Blues play the Colorado Avalanche. And the Colorado Avalanche score two third-period goals, including one at 19.59 of the third period with one second left. Nazem Kadri scores. And the Avalanche get the win over the Blues. The, the West round robin is tricky because of the fact that the Blues are good, the Avalanche are good, Vegas is good. Dallas, no, I don't think it's as good as these three teams, but I think they're still good. Um, it's going to be really competitive. It's going to be really tight. Same thing in the East. It's going to be really tight. Um, 
but the Blues, you couldn't find a net. Uh, Grubauer had a good game. The Avalanche just played from behind. They didn't give up. They kept fighting. They kept fighting, and they got the W. So shout out the Colorado, and, and especially shout out Nazem Kadri because Kadri was traded to the Avalanche from the Leafs because the Leafs are like, now we're done with you. You're a problem. And he scored the game-winning goal with a second left. I know this is just a round-robin game. This is just for standing purposes. But that's got to feel really good. That's got to make you really confident in your game. If you score, to give your team the win with one second left, giving your team the W, that's got to feel special. So shout-out Nazem Kadri. He deserves it. He didn't really deserve to get booted from Toronto, but it is what it is. So congrats to Kadri, and we'll see how well the Avalanche and the Blues do in the rest of the round-robin games. Um, then we get to the last two games of the night. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Blue Jackets play a much different game than the Maple Leafs. The Blue Jackets are more structured. They're more defensive-centered. They're more you know, heavy on puck possession. The Leafs are more elite, skill, fast. Go make it up as you go. And the Maple Leafs are if this was just regular season games, I think the Maple Leafs are much better. I think the Maple Leafs win, beat the Jackets in the regular season, but it's now playoff hockey. And playoff hockey is much different. You have uh increase in intensity, uh much more emotion, and much more physicality. And the Maple Leafs are not meant for that. The Maple Leafs are not meant to be angry they're not meant to be physical that's not their game that's not who they are that's not what their style of hockey is and it showed it showed in this game I'm still watching some of this now the Blue Jackets are aggressive they're hard on the puck nobody is touching Jonas Corposalo Tyson Berry tried to go you know at him in the first you know near him in the first period Uh uh-uh wasn't happening not happening near our goalie uh who else went went to John Tavares. John Tavares stood in front of Corpusel. Uh, get out. Show, push him to the ground. You're not getting near our goalie. That's the shit I like. You don't see that with Toronto. You, you don't see that. That's not how Toronto is. Toronto is not physical. That's not Toronto's way. That's not their MO. And that's why the Leafs are losing to the Jackets in this series. I said it before. I, have no, I wouldn't want to put my faith in the Maple Leafs. This is not a playoff team. This team is not built to do well in the playoffs it just isn't you hung out ready to dry too much and another example of that was tonight where cam atkinson took advantage of a leafs brain fart i don't want to say brain fart because it was you know it was okay it was more the jackets making a good play than the leafs making a bad play it was just cam atkinson and the blue jackets just reading that play atkinson snipes it Pass Anderson's shoulder, and that's the difference. Columbus will get an empty netter later on, and the Jackets win 2 nothing. The Leafs are not meant for this in this playoff setting. Even though it's on their home ice, even though everything about it, it, it everything about this series is favored to Toronto. They're in Toronto, they're in their arena. Um, you know, they have preference for game times. It's everything. This is all for Toronto. And they just can't do it. I, I just love Columbus. I love Torts more than Sheldon Keefe. I love their style of play. I love their physicality. I, I love their playoff mentality. Columbus has a much better playoff mentality. I, I, I just... I guess things have come full circle compared to last year where Keith's just like, watch out for Columbus against Tampa. And I just thought Tampa was that much better than Columbus. And Columbus, even now, like this is almost a better team than last year's Blue Jackets just because they have a chip on their shoulder. Just because like these guys are motivated and hungry. Zach Wierenski is a special player. Seth Jones is finally starting to get some of the recognition, recognition that he should have been getting years ago. Um, Cam Atkinson, obviously a, a, a talented player. Pierre-Luc Dubois has had a good year with the Jackets. They have two star goalies. Like, I'm not saying Columbus is going to win the cup. I'm just saying it's no surprise that they're beating the Leafs two nothing. Like, I'm not surprised, and neither should you. And it's 
like when if you hear the thing, if you're Toronto and you're starting, your shutdown line is Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin. I can't, I can't bet on you. I don't have faith in that. I'll bet the over. I'll definitely hit the over in that in that game in that series. But I can't bet on you to win that series if your best D pair going into the playoffs, if your shutdown your shutdown line, as Jim Houston said at the beginning of the broadcast, your shutdown line is Hall and Muzzin. Uh uh-uh, uh, not happening. Your defense is not that good. You don't score enough. You should be scoring a lot more when you're paying half of your you know, salary cap to five forwards and you're hanging out ready to dry every fucking night. Like tonight, that, don't, that goal's not Freddie's fault. All right? That's just the Blue Jackets making a good play. And Columbus was smart. They obviously had the higher IQ, and they, they, they just look smarter. They just made smarter plays. They were just better on the puck. And it turned out to be the difference in the game because Columbus got a goal out of it. And they, and they hung out Freddie to dry because Toronto couldn't figure out how to make any changes to beat the Jackets. So congrats. Congrats, Columbus. You get your first playoff shutout against the team. And again, I should really be praising Columbus because they, they just played their style. They played their game, and it worked. And Torts is a good coach. It was just like – it was just an automatic, you know, automatic fit with Columbus. And it showed and it worked tonight. So Columbus is winning this series. Columbus, is, Columbus has this. I look, look at, like, I don't know who I'm watching right now. I'm going to say Boone Jenner going after somebody. Oh, that's Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand. He's not even a fucking power forward. He's not even an aggressive. He's a skill guy, and he's giving her – Gotta love it. You gotta love it, and the Leafs don't have it. And then finally tonight, uh, to round out the hockey t- talk of this podcast, the Minnesota Wild beat the Vancouver Canucks 3 nothing, And it's just like the Toronto-Columbus game, pretty much, is that Toronto should beat Columbus because they're a better team, and Vancouver should beat Minnesota because they are the better team. And Vancouver lost 3 nothing, And... I don't know what to say about that. I, I, I question the coaching decision. Why isn't Vertanen playing? Now, after four months off, he's already a bad fit? I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that. Um, I thought the Canucks took some bad penalties. Um, I thought the Wild just kind of like Columbus, just played their game, they played their style, and it just worked. They held off Vancouver. You know, shout out Alex Stalock. Stalock had a solid game. Not a not a great game. I don't know if he was overly tested a whole lot, but he you know did his job. He got a shutout. So like, I don't. I just don't get the Canucks. I don't get the lineup decisions. I don't get why Vertanen isn't playing. Uh, maybe I, I'm a bit angry because I said Vertanen was going to have a really good postseason. I just feel like Shotgun Jake. You know. He's had a career year. Give him this opportunity. I don't know why it's an issue now. Um, Markson was all right. He was fine. Um, a decent performance from him. Not an elite performance, but, you know, a decent performance. He was not the reason they lost this game. Markstrom was not the reason. This team just couldn't score. And... What was the the what was the line tonight that was this, it was a Sutter Beagle and Mott? I think that's what it was. Like that was just an awful line tonight. And Minnesota just again kudos to Staylock, kudos to the Wild. They just played their game. They didn't worry about it. They just didn't let the Canucks really get many chances. Didn't really let them breathe. And as a result, the Wild are up one nothing on Vancouver. I. If I had to – I think the best win tonight on, on Sunday, the best win on Sunday, you can make an argument, Columbus. I'm going to say it's the Blue Jackets with the best – no, you know what? I'm going to say the Wild. I'm going to say the Minnesota Wild had the best win because I don't think many people thought the Wild were going to beat the Canucks. And the Wild just, you know, took advantage of the Canucks just making not smart line choices – 
taking some really dumb penalties. If you watch that game again, there were some dumb penalties. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that it was a bad idea putting seven men out there when you got a penalty coming your way, but it was a bad idea putting seven men out there when you had a penalty coming your way. Uh, a power play coming your way. Sorry, not a penalty, power play. So uh, I, I'm going to give Minnesota the best win of the day. Minnesota had the best win. Um, worst loss, I'm going to say Toronto. I think Toronto because I don't think Toronto can come back in this series. I think Vancouver can come back in their series. I think Nashville can come back in their series. I don't think Toronto can. I, I don't think Toronto is going to win against Columbus. I think Columbus is just a better playoff team. Um, you know, I, I think Vancouver, Nashville, the round robin teams, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They, they, can, they all can find a way to win. They, they're, all of their deficiencies they can overcome. Like, you can overcome, you know, some questionable coaching decisions, you would think. Um, you can overcome, you know, these, you know, not so good defense. You, you can overcome all of this, but it's not easy. And I just don't think Toronto can. I think this is the same Maple Leafs team we've seen all year. Because remember, pre-COVID, the Leafs scored one goal, two goals in California combined against the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. They scored two goals combined. I, I, I just don't see it with the Leafs. I just don't see it. I don't know who's to blame for this. I don't know if anybody's to blame this. Maybe Dubis. I, I just I, I don't see how this works for Toronto, but they got the worst loss today. They just I, I just they they just can't they can't keep up with Columbus. Columbus is just that much better than them stylistically. Like I would like I would rather have a team that plays a really good style of hockey. If they can play their style and they can you know play their scheme better. I would rather take that over skill because a, a, a good plan can beat skill. A good organized, well-organized, well-run plan can beat just skill with, that's not planned. So I worry about the Leafs. I don't think they're going to win. I think the Jackets will move on. And I think we're going to have a long off season of just Leafs talk nonstop. Maybe they'll get laughed. Who knows? Um, so yeah, that's the hockey pod today uh hockey portion part of it so we're gonna get into the basketball in a bit but yeah hockey uh basically just goes all through this week every uh i think the last potential game of the qualifying round robin is next sunday night when minnesota plays uh vancouver i think that's the last potential qualifying game we'll have but it depends on what the rest of the schedule is we'll see uh so yeah we're just going to take a quick break here and uh, get into the basketball discussion. Hey guys, I just wanted to tell you about Honey. Honey is a free browser ad available on Google, Opera, Firefox, Safari, and if it has a browser, it has Honey. Honey automatically saves you money when you check out on sites like Amazon, Papa John's, Kohl's, wherever you shop, it's a good chance that Honey can save you money. All you have to do when you're checking out at these major sites is click that little orange button and it will scan the entire internet and find discount codes for you. It takes two clicks to install Honey and now anytime you check out Honey will scan the entire internet and find coupon codes for you. If there is a coupon code they will find it and if there's not a coupon code you can be rest assured that you are getting the best price possible and there is literally not one available on the internet. If you install Honey right now, you can save like $50 to $100 on your Christmas shopping, doing nothing. There's literally no reason not to install Honey. It takes two clicks, 10 million people use it, 100,000 five-star reviews, and unless you hate money, you should install Honey. If you want to install it, just go to Honey on your browser. Thanks. All right, welcome back to the pod uh this is the basketball section uh that i gotta get to because everybody wants to talk basketball and really the, the big news coming out of the nba return so far has been the lakers big victory over the clippers 
Um, the Jazz, surprisingly beating the Pelicans and getting absolutely thrashed by the Oklahoma City Thunder Saturday. Um, team, like, trying to think, like, the Celtics looked fine against Portland, even though they scored, like, I don't know, 124, 120 points or something. Um, I mean, the Celtics should be much better than Portland, so not completely surprising. Um, and then Saturday, yeah, Saturday night. Um, I, I guess, I guess the Lakers, my LA Lakers, lost to the Raptors. I think they only put up eighty points or something ridiculous like that. It was not great, um, you know. But that happens. That happens. I mean, here's the thing. Here I am, you know, going pretty hardcore uh, about the Lakers after they beat the Clippers because the Clippers are obviously a threat in the West. Um, I'm keeping my expectations low. Uh, I'm not looking into the camera directly uh, because it's difficult for me to say. But, uh, you know, it's still early. It, it's still early. Uh, no, honestly, here's the thing. Honestly, honestly, honestly. This these these games are really good. These games are really good for the fans because we get some basketball back. We get we get sports back. Uh, they're good for coaches to see you know where their players at, what other teams are trying. But you don't want to show off too much until you get to the playoffs. But you know you're tinkering a little bit, and it's good for the players to see where they are, where they are at, where other guys are at. You know, and you're with these guys all the time, so you're seeing these guys up close and personal that you wouldn't otherwise get an opportunity to see because of the fact that they're all at Disney World. They're all bubbled. They're all quarantined. So does it surprise me that the Raptors beat the Lakers? No, it didn't because the Raptors are a good team. I think they're coming out of the East. I think they're going to beat the Bucks or the Celtics or any of the top teams in the East because I said on the episode 35 pod uh, with Fuge, Armin, and Scotty K, is that I just think the Raptors have a really good system in place with Nick, uh, Nick Nurse. I think the players believe in it. They didn't really, I could be wrong, but they didn't really have many opt-outs. Um, you know, they have Pascal there. They have Kyle Lowry there. Kyle Lowry had a hell of a game Saturday. They, had, uh, they have Fred Van Fleet there, um, Norm Powell, Gasol. Like, they have all these guys, like, they're still the Raptors for the most part, as you know they have been for this season. The the biggest thing is that Kawhi is not there, and well, he's there. He's just in a different uniform. Kawhi going to the Clippers, I think, has motivated this team. They still have a chip on their shoulder. They're still playing aggressively. They're still playing smart basketball. The Raptors should have been considered obviously they weren't going to get the attention they were in the states because it's toronto it's canada it's north who cares um new you know new year it'll be a new team but really the raptors i think at the beginning of the year were like plus 3500 to win the title again and those are some really good odds and they are defending champions and they still have a chip on their shoulder they're still hungry um the lakers have not looked being honest, they did not look great the other night against the Clippers. The Lakers um, probably should have lost that game. They were down 10 in the third to the Clippers. They probably should have lost that game. But they came back and they came strong and they played really well. They, I think the Lakers, what the issue with the Lakers is, and everybody in America, you know, is more focused about the Lakers problems than the actual, you know, success of the Raptors. But I think the Lakers' problem is that they just struggle against teams with really good coaching and really good structure. Um, I, I remember before quarantine, when the Celtics came to L.A., it was a really emotional game. It was, you know, I want to say a few months, maybe six weeks after Kobe died. And the Celtics are obviously a really good team with a really good coach in Brad Stevens, and they struggled. They got a little, you know – help with the rep from the refs with a little bit of foul calls going their way at the end and some good shooting, but you know, they, they struggle against the Raptors. They've struggled against the Celtics. 
struggled against the Clippers, which I don't. I, I would argue the Clippers is actually the least well coached between Toronto, Boston, Clippers. Um, but I mean, like, look at the West. Like Denver, LA plays well against Denver. Um, Houston, the Lakers obviously struggle with the small ball Rockets, but for the most part, I, I think the Lakers are better than Houston. I think they're more better coached. Um, it, it's just when it, the Lakers struggle against teams with really good coaches, really good coaches and really good structures. That's going to be the Achilles heel to any Lakers successor in the deep run. That's not going to be great. The, the Raptors, on the other hand, I think are really good. I think they're really confident. And they shouldn't be taken lightly. They are fascinating to watch. They are fun to watch. They, I, I, on SYP the other day, we had to post a clip of them just moving the ball beautifully. It's like poetry. And, again, I think that's your finals matchup. It's the Lakers-Raptors. And I would feel really good about that if I was a Raptors fan, being able to go against the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to win it. I'm biased. I want the Lakers to win. I'm a LeBron guy. I love L.A. <clears throat> but I think if you're the Raptors, you really want to go up against the Lakers to a certain extent because just the Lakers struggle with teams with good coaches and good structures. And if you're the Lakers, you don't want to play Boston. You don't want to play Toronto. Um, I think you're kind of in the same boat as Milwaukee to a certain extent where you got your superstar and you got some other guys and, and a decent coach, Budenholzer and Frank Vogel. I'm not – I think Budenholzer is a bit better. I think that's fair to say, but I still think they're not – they're not in the Stevens level. They're not in the Steve Kerr level. They're not in the Greg Popovich level. So, that – as a Lakers fan, and I'm obviously I'm not the most hardcore basketball guy. Like, I'm, like, on the, you know, middle, like, sort of get it. I, I'm, you know, I'm not watching every game, but I'm, you know, watching a lot of highlights and I'm watching some games. Uh, definitely more into the hockey and baseball. But – if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm a bit scared to play the Raptors. I'm a bit scared to play the Celtics. I'm not that scared to play Boston. I'm not that scared to play Philadelphia. I'm not that scared to play Miami. Boston and Toronto scare me a lot more than Milwaukee does. That's all. That, that, I'll leave it at that. And if I'm the Raptors, I'm wanting to – I almost be down to play the Lakers again. Why not? I mean – why not? You're, you, you've done really well against the Lakers. I, how long has it been? How many games in a row has it been? Like 10 games, 13 games that the Raptors have beat the Lakers in in the regular season? So, not to say, like, obviously some guys have gone by and transitioned and different coaches, blah, blah, blah. But that's who I would be interested in playing. That's my basketball hot take, I guess, for the day. Uh, Rockets beat the Bucks again. I don't really believe in the Rockets. I don't think the Rockets are going to go far. Um, it'd be, I guess, interesting if they did. I'm not a James Harden guy. I'm not a Westbrook guy. I like, I like, I do respect and like seeing their chemistry. That's good to have. It's good to have that right now when you're getting into the playoffs. I just don't see it with Houston. Um, Utah Jazz. So let's. I want to talk about the Utah Jazz because. They beat the Pelicans on Thursday night, and that was a that was a system of errors. There was a lot of dysfunction that was going on in that game. But I thought the best part about that game, Utah probably shouldn't have won, New Orleans should have won. But I thought the best part of that game was Rudy Gobert hitting some clutch free throws at the end. And afterwards, Rudy Gobert is just like, hey, you'll never – like essentially, like you'll never know where life takes you, even though he is – kind of to blame for all of this going on right now. And he's like, yeah, hey, you know, who would have thought, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, cool, Rudy. That, that's all right. That's not funny, actually, because you fucked up a lot of people's lives, Rudy. That, that's on you. And then you're like afterwards, like, hey, look at, you know, who, like, like Paul Rudd me. It's like, hey, look at us. 
look at us. Who, who would have thought? You know, not me. And that's Rudy Gobert after beating the Jazz. And the Jazz are a flawed team. I think there's definitely chemistry issues. I think Donovan Mitchell and Gobert are not on great terms, no matter what they're saying. I think that's obvious. And I think when you're losing to OKC that bad and you're a better team than OKC, um, that says something about you. There's definitely something going on there. Something a little fishy. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's Utah. Uh, but the New Orleans on Thursday probably should have won that game, but they didn't want to play Zion too much because they had a you know minutes limitation on him, which, I mean – I would have played him, I think, just because you're trying to get into the postseason. This is like Jordan when – is it 85? I want to say it's 85 or 86 when he has to play the Celtics. I think it's 86, actually. He has to play the Celtics, and he has to go to Boston. Well, originally, originally, they sat him at the very end, and then someone hit a game-winning three, and the Bills or the Bulls got to go to the playoffs, even though the owners were essentially trying to tank so they could get another good draft pick. They hit a game-winning three, and then they went to the playoffs, making them, you know, miss out on that draft pick. But uh, and then the Bulls didn't win any games; they lost in like a best of five, so they lost three games. Jordan went off; he had like fifty points in both games, or two of them, anyways. Excuse me, and. Yeah, that's kind of like with New Orleans. You just got to play the guy. You're battling for a playoff spot. You need every win you can get. Hey, you you know what? You do, you do you, New Orleans. You do you. Don't listen to me. What the fuck do I know? I'm wearing a Manners hat and an App State shirt. What the fuck do I know? Um, so, yeah, that's um, that was my thoughts on the Pelicans. Um Jaw has looked good. Jaw has looked good for Memphis. Uh, the Miami Heat are looking solid. Bam Adebayo. I hear that guy's good. I've seen that guy uh, in some highlights. That guy can dunk. That guy can dunk. Um, that's probably not news to anybody, but just to confirm it, that guy can dunk. Um, also, Jonathan Isaac. I feel bad for Jonathan Isaac. Um, he tore his ACL. Uh, some people are going to criticize him because he stood for the national anthem which is a can of beans i don't want to get into it's just national anthem uh poor jonathan isaac now orlando as if they weren't watchable before now their young decent power forward is out the rest of the year no not aaron gordon the other one yeah sorry he might be actually more of a small forward what is jonathan isaac here let me check um Jonathan Isaac, a former Florida State uh, basketball player, I believe, played with uh, what's his name, Hamilton at uh, I can't remember what is what the coach's name, Hamilton at Florida State. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Isaac leaves court in wheelchair. That's not great. Um, twenty-two years old. I thought he was younger than that. Oh, 2017 draft pick. Jesus, God, I'm so old. Um, Oh, power forward, small forward. Okay, so he's a combo forward. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, he's out. That's shitty. Um, I don't know. I didn't like I, I didn't like Isaac as a prospect when he came out, and I sort of kind of saw it a little bit with what he was in the NBA. Uh, I didn't think his game was going to work in the NBA, but, you know, he was all right. And now he towards ACL. He missed 30 games this year. Uh, Woj said that he missed 30 games this year with a knee injury. So that's great. Um, that's really tough. Uh, Brooklyn beat Washington today. So I think Washington, they're not officially eliminated for the playoffs, but they're essentially eliminated. Uh, they have six more games. Uh, they need to, they're six games behind Brooklyn to trigger a uh, best of three to get the eighth spot. Um, they're four games behind, uh, no, they're six games behind. They need to get to four games behind and they only have six games to go. Uh, the Wizards are actually just your, uh, YMCA squad, but shout out Willie Hachimura. That guy is good. I like him. Um, Thomas Bryant, big guy. 
I don't know. I, I think there's something there with him. I once heard on a podcast that Mitchell Robinson would be, you know, one of the best players in the league if fouls weren't a thing. So I take in Mitchell Robinson has foul trouble. Um, yeah, the Nets, not that good. They're not going to make the playoffs. And Brooklyn, with their rag tag of squad members, they're going to get in. So congrats to Brooklyn. Um, trying to think if there's anything else in basketball worth mentioning. The Nuggets are big. That's another thing I wanted to talk about. The Denver Nuggets are fucking huge. Um, even with Jokic losing a whole bunch of fucking weight, uh, which is – I want to do that now. I, 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 I'm kind of getting back on the Jokic bandwagon. I was off it because I thought the Nuggets weren't that good, and uh, Jokic just got beat by LeBron. I pick a roll like every fucking time when they last played against each other. So with that, I'm back on Team Jokic. Lost a bunch of weight. Looks like a point guard, but he plays the old Jokic way. And if you watch basketball, you know what that means. It's just that big fat kid, just like kind of, you know, moving around a little bit, doing some, you know, fat kid stuff. But I love Jokic. He's great. He's welcome on the pod as well. Um, but they're fucking huge. Like I think all their guys the other day when they played Houston were like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, I don't know if they won that game. They might have won that game. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, that's basketball. Uh, he again, the Heat are good. Adebayo's good. Uh, Tyler Harrow, that guy's pretty good. Duncan Robinson, also decent. Uh, he didn't play well the other day, but I think he's still decent. And, um, I'm surprised. Here's the thing I've said this before. I think the NHL should do this and the, uh, oh, geez, and the NBA. But what the, uh, what, what the team, what the league need to do with their bottom teams is have, like, a three-on-three all-star fantasy tournament, fantasy draft tournament. So pretty much uh, you get to pick, like, four captains of the teams that are out. So, like, in basketball, that would be um, who's out? Curry, Zach Levine, Cat, R.J. Barrett, sure, whatever. Give a Nick a, a captaincy. And then those guys draft players, and they have a three-on-three tournament. That's what basketball should do. I would pay to watch that. That should be in the other bubble uh, that they were talking about having in Chicago. And, you know, you just do it for fun. That would be exciting. Um, Again, same with hockey. Hockey should do that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know when basketball playoffs start. I'm going to guess at the end of the month maybe middle of the month. We're in August now. Um, I'm watching a lot of hockey and uh, baseball, but I got to get Fuji and Armin back on here to actually do some real basketball conversations. So anyways, uh, it's 1 a.m. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. This has been a great podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have, and we'll just talk again soon. Peace out.